everyone. Thanks for listening to GradCast, the official podcast and radio show of the Society of Graduate Students here at Western University. I'm Monica Molinaro, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Greg Robinson. Hi. As well as our guest, Morgan Jennings. Hi. (laughs) So Morgan, to start, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. I'd love to. So thank you. Again, my name's Morgan. Um, I do some clinical research out of the Fowler Kennedy Sport Medicine Clinic here on campus. And I'm starting my third year in the MPT PhD program, um, which is a combined program here on campus for physical therapy as well as the PhD component. So um, for me, that's a five year program. And this is now the third year, but this is going into my 10th year here at Western. So I've, I've been around the block. I did my master's at Fowler as well. And I did my undergrad here in kinesiology. So it's it's been a long time that I've kind of been focused in this area of orthopedics. And I'm really happy to chat with you about it today. Okay. So I guess to start, you said that you're in your third year of the combined PT-PhD program. So mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about that program and what that's like? Yeah, so as I said, it's a five-year program, so you can do uh, either a three-year focused on PhD and then two-year focused on PT, or you can do two, two, and one. Um, So I've chosen to do the three-year where I'm just focusing on the the research and the PhD component, and then in another year, I'll be entering the PT component. Uh, So for me, uh, where I am with my research, I will likely be starting uh, kind of a trial within this next year, and then that will be underway as I'm in the PT program. So I'll be doing both at the same time. Uh, so looking looking forward to that, but also I know it's going to be you know a crazy last three years of this degree. So it's a very very intensive program, but I think the you know the outcome at the end of it is definitely worth it. So you're going to be here for about like. 13 years in total at Western. Yeah. You know, I, that's maybe a little too much. <laughs> I try not to think about that sometimes because it, yeah, it's kind of daunting that it's, it's so long to be a student overall and then also to be doing my entire education here at Western. Uh, but, you know, because I've been able to work so closely for so long with just incredible experienced researchers here at Western, but I've been fortunate enough to work out of the Fowler Kennedy Sport Medicine Clinic and kind of build those relationships with surgeons that are working there. Um, And orthopedics really is my focus and where I want to be, you know, building a career. So those relationships, I think, are just so, so valuable here that it's, it's worth it to be able to do the education here versus leaving to go somewhere else. Definitely. So your research focuses on orthopedics. So can you tell us a little bit about your research trajectory and what kind of work you've done and what work you're currently doing? So I work with patients that have undergone elected orthopedic surgery, uh, specifically a surgery on the knee. So we're talking about ACL reconstruction uh, or, you know, total knee replacement. Those are kind of the two main procedures that patients will have done. And uh, for my PhD, my focus is developing an e-visit for these patients within the first three months post-operative. So we're looking at managing some of their patient care remotely so that we can reduce the number of uneventful in-person patient visits. So after you've had one of these surgeries, 
the typical you know, patient follow-up is you're coming in for appointments the day after surgery, uh, as well as at the two weeks and six weeks and then three months. So you're having to come into clinic quite a few times, which you can imagine you know, is very time consuming and can be a little stressful after just having a major surgery. You're, you're not able to drive. You might be relying on friends and family, and then they also have to take time off of work to be able to help you uh, come into these appointments. And what we know is that the risk of suffering some sort of adverse event or a complication from one of these procedures is so rare, you know, less than 1%. And so because it's so rare, the follow-up appointments are often unremarkable and they don't really change the, the path of clinical management. So what we're trying to do is kind of eliminate um, that in-person follow-up so that we can manage these visits remotely and kind of save, save the patient and the physician some time and you know, potentially save some healthcare dollars as well. So where does that all even start? <laughs> like, how do you even start conceptualizing something like this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's definitely a huge undertaking. So we do have an e-visit questionnaire. So essentially what we did is we tried to develop a, a remote questionnaire that we would be able to ask patients that would collect all of the, the exact same information that they would be normally collecting within the in-person visit. So we go through a series of patient questionnaires uh, looking at you know, the wound healing, uh, what kind of range of motion the patient has, um, you know, what their pain is like, what their satisfaction is currently like, those types of questions. And so we do have that questionnaire developed and we did find that it has good sensitivity and specificity, which means that um, it is able to pick out the likelihood that someone will be suffering an adverse event um, or having this complication. And so in that way, we can use this algorithm to then develop it into a mobile e-visit. And essentially, the patient would be able to complete the you know, questionnaire through this mobile app. And then the app would essentially triage patients into whether it's necessary for them to come in for an in-person follow-up if there is you know, some sort of high risk of an adverse event or complication, or if it's okay for them to kind of miss that in-person follow-up and then just wait until the next time that they need to come in to meet with their surgeon. So I'm just kind of curious, how exactly does it determine if you need to come in or not? Are you yourself actually trying to come up with these parameters that you're, you're asking um, various participants mm -hmm. whether or not, or do you already know those parameters and you're just trying to then use them in this app? A, a little bit of both. So we do have this questionnaire developed and we, we did find that it's able to predict those patients. So we can already ask these patients these questions and it will tell us whether or not it's, they're uh, likely to be suffering an adverse event and therefore whether they need to come into clinic. Now, the sensitivity and specificity we're dealing with is about 0.8. Um, and so ideally, you know, the higher we can get that number, the better. So we're still kind of trying to finesse, I guess, that algorithm. And the way we can do that is one through, you know, continuing 
our data collection to get more patients to be able to capture more adverse events. So essentially, the more patients that we have with the adverse events that we can see how they filled out the questionnaire, essentially the algorithm is kind of picking out the components of the questionnaire and kind of kind of matching it in a sense to be able to make that prediction. Okay, and so it's sort of through some sort of machine learning, I'm assuming that it can adapt and determine, you know, what are the best questions to use? We, we do have a machine learning component, um, but the, the questionnaire itself can operate, I guess, just kind of through regression analysis, uh, okay. but through the, the mobile app, that's what we're working on developing that into kind of a machine learning component. And we're specifically, you know, looking at that wound healing component because infection of, of the surgical wound is one of the, the higher complications that we, we do see. Still, still less than, you know, 1% of the time, but it is one of the, the more frequent, I guess, complications that people have is something that's wrong with their wound. Um, and it's, it's something that the, the patients, I think, are often looking at the wound themselves and thinking, oh, is this normal? So it's something that they're often wanting that feedback on. And so we're trying to use machine learning in this sense um, by having the patients take an actual picture of the wound. And then, um, you know, we have a large, large enough patient database that the, the images it can tag specific aspects of the wound image and then compare it to what a healthy wound would look like and what an infected wound would look like. And then essentially every picture that is also inputted, because it's machine learning, it learns from each new picture and each new patient it encounters, which is incredibly cool. Uh, so yeah, so the uh, the idea is we ha we have both of those things and then we're trying to kind of mesh those into one application. So this is such like a large project and idea. It's, it's really fascinating that, you know, a grad student at Western is doing this. Do you actually yourself have to know how to like program an app or do or know machine learning? Or are you more really more limited to the uh, kinesiology side? No, unfortunately, I, I don't have the background in, in software engineering or development. I, that would definitely make this, you know, project a little bit easier in that sense because I am having to rely so heavily on so many other partners that we're working with and they have been you know, great and super helpful. So we've been able to partner with um, some students in software engineering here at Western and they've kind of really taken on that, that development side um, in trying to do all of the exact coding and everything like that. So. I'm more working on the side where we've developed the questionnaire, we've developed what we want it to do and what kind of that predictive algorithm looks like. And then they're coding that and translating that into, you know, what this mobile app will look like. And my expertise is more on the, you know, the validating of these clinical tools. And so I'm interested in then looking at, you know, does this actually work? Can we make sure that it's user-friendly and can we make sure that we could implement it on a large scale, you know, across different clinics. Now, was this app development informed by previous work that you had done at Fowler and kind of the things that you had seen or witnessed or worked with different people on? 
So my master's was in a separate area, but there was another master's student that was looking more at post-operative uh, post-operative rehab visits or in-person, I guess, follow-up visits. I was more focused on looking at the actual uh, rehab process itself and validating tools for rehab. But through my work in trying to validate a, another clinical tool used for rehab, I was able to kind of see that, you know, physicians are constantly now trying to in, include technology in some of these tools that they're using. And so I kind of developed that interest and kind of saw this work that another student had done focused on post-operative visits specifically and was able to kind of, I guess, take over part of that project in a sense and kind of decide to move that forward in actually creating the e-visit or a mobile app. Definitely. And it sounds like, I guess, because you had started developing this pre-COVID. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So we had started, like we were, we, we had this questionnaire um, previously developed and kind of tested, but we were looking you know, we were collecting data with patients to kind of, I guess, just Im improve some of some of that predictive algorithm and also build the database of the wound images. And as I said, the more the more patients that we can capture with adverse events, the better and stronger our predictions will be. But the problem or the challenge with that is that these adverse events are so rare to begin with. So this is something that's been ongoing, you know, since I, I started my PhD, so definitely pre-COVID. Um, and now uh, we're, we're put on the back burner a little bit because we unfortunately can't do that, that work with patients to kind of develop, you know, further develop, I guess, where we want this application to go. Um, so I've taken a little bit of a pause, but I'm fortunate that I have my, you know, comprehensive exam to focus on. So I've been, been able to kind of split my time, which I'm actually, you know, quite thankful for in that sense, but definitely it will put a delay in the work that we were able to do with patients, unfortunately. Right. I think what's cool about this app moving forward though, is that there's a chance that there's going to be a higher likelihood of e-visits or digital visits or using apps to figure out whether or not you need to see a healthcare provider. So do you think that your app will actually end up having that level of applicability moving forward in a maybe post or living in conjunction with COVID kind of world? Oh, absolutely. I mean, because of COVID, we are seeing this huge blast in just telehealth and e-health and online, you know, healthcare and which is which is great. You know, these things have always been around, but COVID kind of gave this push that now lots of physicians, um, you know, PTs, OTs, just there are, there are lots of healthcare practitioners out there that are now being forced to use online platforms. And so I think definitely moving forward, um, you know, hopefully there'll be like an, an even bigger push to kind of, you know, validate some of these tools that we can use to, you know, provide healthcare in in a safe way for patients through online platforms. And I think mobile apps is definitely one way that, you know, the future 
of healthcare will be going. And I think that, you know, in my area of post-operative care, especially in trying to reduce those in-person patient appointments, once people have seen or are seeing right now, even that they can do some of these things remotely, you know, it's, it's kind of starting to see that that's sometimes the preference of the patients or even physicians, because it, it does tend to save a lot of time. It seems like it would not just save time, but save a lot of money for uh, the patient to actually go in and like spend time doing that when they really don't need to. And I think you're saying only like 1% really needs to go in. And that's what you're, you're trying to figure out what, who is that 1%? Yeah, that's exactly it. It's, you know, less than 1% of the time, there's some sort of complication. And so if we can try and pick out who's most likely to be suffering that or who is that 1%, and those are the people that need to be going in, everyone else, if you're recovering fine and you're recovering safely, then it should be okay that you can just continue recovery at home. Now, do you think as someone who is also pursuing, you know, a degree in PT as well, like, do you think that this kind of work that you're doing now is going to end up informing your potential practice? Yes, I think so. I mean, for me, because I've always had this interest in using online platforms and kind of the integration of technology into healthcare, I do think that that will, you know, drive me as a future healthcare provider as well. And I mean, I've definitely seen throughout COVID, you know, the trend with PTs is providing that online tele-rehab. And tele-rehab is not something that's new. It's just something that, you know, a lot of, I think, healthcare providers may not have had a lot of knowledge about, you know, they may not be comfortable providing that type of care. And now, you know, the unfortunate circumstances are forcing people to provide that kind of care. But I do think that I've always had more of an interest in that area. And I think that it can definitely be very beneficial for your patients. I think that, you know, it can also be beneficial for the the healthcare provider as well. So I think for me, it's, it's been a Huge, something that's that's very important to me that definitely drives just, I think, my work and would drive me as a, a future healthcare provider as well. This may be a silly question, but we're saying PT, you're talking about physical therapy, right? Yes, yeah, yes, okay. yeah, sorry. <laughs> I know, I think we're so used to abbreviating it. I know, I you know what, I use acronyms all the time, so yeah, no, that's my fault. Yeah, physical therapy. Okay. And as a physical therapist, you're, you're learning to do many different things, a part of doing your MPT program, but uh, you would potentially be helping like rehab, like someone that tore their ACL and that, you know, are still having problems uh, healing. Like that's something that you'd potentially be doing. You know, I'm not a person that's ever actually used a physical therapist or have had serious injuries. So I just don't know. Yes, no, that's, that's definitely. So a physical therapist is, um, you know, providing that providing that rehab care. So you're, um, you know, giving some exercise prescription to patients, you're helping with that early range of motion. So, you know, for our post-op patients, so orthopedic care would be kind of one focus, I guess, that you could um, specialize in, we'll say. 
for providing rehab care. So, or sports medicine, I guess, is kind of branched under that orthopedic bubble as well. And so that's kind of where my interests go because I have worked with the ACL population before. Um, and now I'm also working with the total knee replacement population. So that's kind of on the opposite, you know, side of that, the spectrum, but still within all, you know, orthopedics. And so you're focusing on getting that, you know, early range of motion. So, um, you know, bending of the knee, the flexion and extension of the knee. Um, you're working on kind of rehabbing the strength of those, the muscles, because after having a major surgery, you, you need to kind of retrain some of those, um, you know, neural pathways, get your, your muscles to activate again, because they're not used to activating in the same way. And so essentially, that's why I say exercise prescription, because, you know, at the end of the day, you're kind of providing your patients with different exercises to help strengthen them and help them through the recovery process to get them back to kind of what their normal would look like. Okay. Do, do most physical therapists have a PhD? I feel like they probably don't. No. So you definitely don't need the, the PhD. Uh, I guess maybe I'm just a little bit of an overachiever in that sense. I mean, you can yeah, definitely do your undergrad degree and then go straight into physical therapy. I think my path w was a little bit different because of where I kind of see my career going past that. And so I did my master's first um, because I was very focused on the research and very interested in, you know, why we're performing some of these techniques that we do, that kind of thing. And that led me to discover this MPT PhD program. And I think that it was the perfect kind of integration and combination of the, the hands-on clinical work with patients and also kind of having that knowledge and being able to research some of these evidence-based practices that you're then applying with physical therapy. So I've definitely taken the long route, but. <laughs> so you'll have two masters then when you're done. I will. Yeah, I'll have two masters and then the PhD. <laughs> okay, but you definitely, I could see you guiding the guidelines for recovery for mass, for uh, for physical therapists. That's mm -hmm. uh, potentially, that's what I would see you doing with uh, all your research background, right? Yes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that um, especially within the area of e-health and online, you know, platforms, um, some of those guidelines are a little bit unclear. So I'd love to be able to kind of research those further to in, ensure that everyone practicing, you know, have clear guidelines that they can follow to, to provide, you know, the most, the safest and most efficient care for the patients. Definitely. This question might sound a little bit silly and I realize that we're backtracking a little bit, but like thinking about the trajectory that you've taken in terms of your research interests and kind of how you've ended up where you are, like, why did you choose this path? Why did you want to study the knee or work with these surgeons or do PT? Like, where did this all stem from? Yeah. So, I mean, I did my undergrad in kinesiology and I think when you're, when you're in kin, a big push is PT. And I think, you know, I, I very much have always considered PT and always loved that aspect. But I think in the back of my mind, I always knew that that wasn't just um, the only thing that I wanted to focus on because I have always 
always really loved kind of the, the research side. Um, I started volunteering at the Fowler Kennedy Sport Medicine Clinic. And I think that's where I was really introduced to the idea of clinical research. And it was through that time volunteering that I decided to do my, my master's with them um, and kind of continue learning in that area. And through that, it was just, it's an incredible clinic environment because you also, you're working on the kind of the clinic research side. And then they also have the PT gym area side right there as well. And so everything is just so integrated. And I just kind of really loved the feel of that. And so as I was doing my master's, you know, I, I kind of had my sights set on this combined program and was lucky enough to apply and get in. And so I'm very happy with the route that I took because, you know, I think ultimately that's what I wanted to be able to do. I thought originally that I might end up teaching. And so I kind of, I wanted to go the research PhD route to be able to have that kind of experience in academia. And um, the, the clinical side, is something that I've just always been very interested in. And so I think it's a good integration of both. And I mean, for me, I think my dream job would definitely be teaching in the area of PT. Uh, but, you know, it's incredibly difficult to get to that place. And so we'll, we'll see what happens. And definitely as I've, you know, progressed my education, I've realized how much opportunity there is in industry as well. And especially just in the area of e-health because it is so new and still so it's just booming right now and especially with COVID right there's so there's so much growing and so I think that you know there's so many different organizations and industries out there that I would also be very interested in and so I think that just having as the education background that I do has just you know, opened a lot of doors that I'm really excited about. So you think that moving forward, it's more so going to be about the research and the education than it is about the practice necessarily for you? I think that's where my ultimate interest lies. I think that you definitely do need to have the, the clinical practice background to be able to inform your research. Um, I think that if you don't have that clinical background, it, there tends to be a lot of areas that um, you know, you're, you're having to consult a lot of physical therapists about because you don't have that background knowledge. And so I think having that background knowledge is, is something that I absolutely need to be able to progress the research in, in the way that I want to. That being said, I do love working hands-on with, with patients as well. And so I think definitely to solidify some of those clinical skills, you absolutely need to be practicing with patients. So I Definitely, am, I'm hoping to do that, but I am more focused on, on trying to progress in the research area, yeah. But you, you could definitely be doing both at the same time, right? Pardon me? You, you could be doing both. You could be both teaching, you could be determining guidelines, you could be actually, you know, being a physical therapist at the same time. Like many doctors do the same sort of thing, right? Yes, absolutely. And that is, that's kind of the ultimate goal, really, at the end of the day. I mean... I want to be able to put all these degrees to use. <laughs> so definitely I want to be able to use all of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It sounds like you've got a great program that you're part of and you're really passionate about it and a great project. Thank you so much, Morgan, for all of this. Um, 
And kind of to cap things off and finish things off, I'm Monica Molinaro, and today I was joined by my co-host, Greg Robinson, and our guest, Morgan Jennings. Thanks so much for listening to GradCast, the official podcast and radio show of the Society of Graduate Students here at Western University. You can find us at gradcastradio.podbean.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at GradCast Radio. 